This is the story of the people, places, and organizations that make Katy, Texas a great place to live. You're listening to the Katy Podcast. So one of the most iconic structures in the entire Katy area are the silos in Old Katy right next to the railroad tracks. They're like a big thumbs up to the history of Katy, a rice and railroad town that's been around for over a century. But they're also a salute to the future because nestled underneath the silos now is one of the most successful, iconic businesses in the area. At just about 10 years old, No Label Brewery has gone from a dream in the backyard of a Katy couple to a ubiquitous brand at beer festivals, grocery stores, and at the tap room here in Old Katy in the shadow of those silos. It's a Katy area favorite and quickly becoming one of the more respected brewers in all of Southeast Texas. I am so pleased to welcome Jennifer Royo from No Label Brewery to the podcast. Jennifer, what's up? Good Hi. to have you. Thanks for having me. And a quick note before we begin, we're here in the No Label offices in Old Katy next to railroad tracks and a highway, and so you may hear some background noise, but we're looking forward to our conversation today. Jennifer, let's get started. Why beer? <laughs> well, um, I mean, why not beer? Everybody loves beer. Um, my husband was a home brewer, and um, it was a hobby that he had that... His, one of his good friends bought him a homebrew kit and he started kind of taking over our backyard, our, our garage. Um, and the beer was actually pretty good. And so, you know, a couple of beers in, we're sitting around the table and hanging out with his parents. Um, and this kind of just pipe dream became reality. Um, so we kind of, we went for it and that was back in 2009, I believe. So awesome. here we are. Okay, so uh, I love the story of how you guys got started, but I want to back up even further than that because your story obviously informs this story. So as a little girl, did you dream of being like a brewery queen? (laughs) What was childhood like for you? Are you from here? Give us a little bit of your background. Sure, sure. Well, um, I don't think I knew what beer was until I was (laughs) a little bit older. I grew up in Cyprus, Texas, so um, just a little north of Houston, and um, I grew up playing sports. I was very involved in um, basketball, and I did track and softball. Um, Real close to my family, older sister, um, younger sister, I'm sorry. Um, And we, you know, we just kind of, I had dreams of playing in the WNBA at one point. Awesome. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then it changes every year. You, you know, you want to be something different. I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be, a, you know, uh, I think I wanted to work with animals one time. You yeah. know, it's just, um, I, I really didn't get into craft beer until college, actually. Yeah. Obviously, you know, 21 <laughs> is the age. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it's kind of funny to think of it now that I wouldn't have, no, even known what this was, yeah. you know, back when I was a little, a little girl. But I think what's exciting is um, my kids love it here at the brewery, and and, and just them having some place to go yeah. that they enjoy going to. The thread it's, I hear in all that is family. Yes, you a really close knit family growing up. Yes, this is a family business. Absolutely, you yeah. Prioritize your kids being around. They love. 
being here. That might surprise some people, but that sounds like something that really informed. I have a box of toys under my desk for when my kids are here, actually, so that's... <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you know, I mentioned in the opening this was a dream in your backyard, and you've already talked a little bit about how it really got started, but that's a big jump from where you began to where you are today. Yes. So how did you get from point A to point B? Um, a lot of patience, um, a lot of money. Um, when we started, um, after we realized we, we for sure wanted to do this, we wanted to start a brewery, we started looking at where we wanted to, to start. And um, my husband actually grew up in Katy. He went mm -hmm. to Katy Taylor and um, we've, we, we live out here. We had moved out here after we got married. And we started looking around and actually the place that we originally were in were, is actually down the street. Um, actually where MKT Distillery is. Okay. And it was, it was um, he's done a lot to it, but when we moved in, it was, it, we did a lot of work. It was, we were paying $500 a month mm -hmm. um, and we fixed it up, we painted, we did what we could with what we had. And we started doing free tastings on Saturdays. Um, and at first there was maybe three or four people that would start showing up and then um, it started growing and then I guess the word got out that we were doing free beer and then it became there was lots of people and yeah. then we had to stop doing free beer yeah. um, because my husband was still brewing on the small pilot system and we were waiting on our equipment. Once that equipment got there we were kind of able to rev up the, um, the production. But um, it really became just a place for people to hang out on Saturday and, and, and drink a couple beers and listen to music mm -hmm. and um, we'd have a food vendor out. And uh, it just, it really did just grow from there. Yeah. Um, and then we were able to um, move into the facility that we're in now, it became available and we knew that we needed more space mm -hmm. and we were getting even more equipment. Mm -hmm. So as we moved over here, I think I was actually pregnant with my first child. That had to have been a little over six years ago, maybe almost seven. And we moved over here and um, we built the bar and we started doing Saturday tastings again and we started charging. Um, I think uh, we started with $5, I think it went to 10. And then um, it got to the point where we had to cut, start cutting off how many people were coming in because it was 800 wow. people and we couldn't fit any more people. Right. It, just, right. it just didn't. Um, and so then we realized we need to start adding more hours. So then we added a Friday and then we added a Sunday and, and you know, we just, we kept hiring more people as we went. We hired more taproom people. We hired a sales team and uh, our operations manager, Logan, he originally was here working with us and he actually went to California and he's now a master brewer. He left us for six oh, months. Wow. He actually got his master brewers um, license awesome. and everything. So he's like legit and he's the brains of the operation. We, I, he came back here, we offered him a job as operations manager and he is in charge of everything. So, um, initially did you want to, to have a tap room? Were you thinking about just being a bottler? Yeah. So originally, and when we opened, I mean, we were the third brewery in Houston. Mm -hmm. So when we opened, it was St. Arnold Southern star and we were the third. And then right after us, I think it was Buffalo Bayou and um, and Carbach all okay. came up, but I mean when we opened, everybody was doing just like a little Saturday thing. I mean, and then you were sending it off to the yeah. grocery stores, and so that was our original plan, and that's why we got the license that we got, which was a microbrewery, like a, a an actual manufacturer. Mm -hmm. As the market changed and the the amount of breweries that popped up in the last few years, 
the the shift has definitely focused more on the tap room and um you know obviously there's no middleman you don't have a distributor to work with you've mm -hmm. got you, you make the liquid you sell it directly from here so we actually um went and got our brew pub license um, and that allowed us to sell beer to go and to sell beer mm -hmm. out of you know other brewery and we were able to operate more days um, the, when we did that, it limited how many, how much beer we could sell out in the market, but we weren't at that point yet. It's a pretty good amount. I think it was 10,000 barrels. I think we're, we're only at like six. Hmm. So, um, the amount we could sell here, it, it, it made sense for us. Yeah. So then we, um, we did that and that has, that has been wonderful for us. We're so glad that we did that yeah. because you've got to be able to shift with the market. Right. And, and to what do you attribute that shift? It's interesting to me that so many breweries have popped up in recent mm -hmm. years. There's a creativity piece to that for right. the people making the product. They right. just love, they love that part right. of it. But for someone running a business, you've got to have a customer. And you're talking about how the customer base has changed somewhat, at least at where the point of sale is. So why the blow up? in that particular segment of the business. I what do you think? I think I think it was a mix of a few things. I think a lot of breweries opened at the same time, so there was a little bit of a bubble there, mm -hmm. a little. Um, but all, all along with that, I think everything was becoming very local, mm -hmm. super local to the actual brewery itself. Mm -hmm. And so people wanted to come and have that experience um, at the brewery instead of just buying it at a grocery store or somewhere where they could. Um, Right now, there's a lot going on um, in legislation because, so we switched our, our license, mm -hmm. and so that allowed us to sell beer to go. But what they're trying to do is allow breweries that don't have that license to sell beer to go. Because you can go to a winery and you can buy right. a bottle of wine right. to go. Um, and so, you know, Texas beer laws are a little, a little backwards. They're, it's not like any other states. I mean, you can go to other states and they didn't, they, they're not pulling their brew pub license to do this. Right. So, um, we just felt like it was, we didn't want to wait for all this hmm. to happen. Yeah. And so we went ahead and made, made the leap because we have made, um, tremendous amount of money by doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, you, it's just, we've just noticed so many people coming here. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's why we've improved so much here at the brewery. Um, because, yeah. You know, we're hoping to put air conditioning in and hoping to add things to um, our other rental spaces, you know, areas in the um, for people to rent space for parties and weddings and sure. things like that. So it just made sense for us at the time. But um, I just think it's a, just been a it's a it's a local market. Yeah. Um, everybody wants to be there yeah. and have their hands on the product. Oh, at no, the, at I the love that. Itself. And I think you guys communicate that incredibly well, that you're here for this community. And what is your distribution reach like? Does your product go to stores in other states? No. So we've been offered other states. Um, with our, the tank space that we have right now, we can't, we couldn't just can't produce handle. It. Plus on top of that, we didn't want to go to another market and not have sales team yep. there because yep. how good is that when you don't know what's going on in that right. market? Um, there's plenty of Texas still. Um, we're in um, San Antonio, Austin, Dallas, Fort Worth, Corpus Christi, McAllen, um, El Paso. I mean, That's we're awesome. we're we're in. Thank you. And um, there's there's still plenty of Texas that, that yeah, it's is a, left. It's a big place. It's a big place. It's a big state. <laughs> um, and so we're just enjoying doing it this way. And we yeah. have. Man, 
think we have five or six distributors that Logan, our operation manager, works with every week with pickups. Because wow. there's one for this area, there's one for, I mean, there's a ton that we've slowly gotten picked up from with different yeah. areas. Everybody has their own territory, so. Okay. So we've moved fast, but we started with you in the backyard around, around a table. Right. Dreaming about this. You're talking about all the markets that you're in now. I, there have to have been moments of doubt. There had to have been yes. moments where you wondered, are we going to have to shut the doors? Yes. Talk about that. It's, you know, starting your own company, no matter what it is, um, entrepreneurship is, I give my hats off to anybody that starts their own company because I think a lot of people have a, um, a skewed view of, of what it really is. You think, oh, you have, you can work your own hours. It's so fun. But when you work for yourself, it is, you're working all the time. You're yeah. never off. You're never off. You're always, you got your phone with you. You're checking your emails. People are calling you nonstop because they don't know right. that you're not, you know, on, on the clock. And, you know, my husband uh, left his, he was making good money uh, and left his job to, to start working full time at the brewery because he was getting up at four o'clock in the morning. He would brew and then he would, you know, leave it, go to work, come back, do it again. And wow. this was before kids, mind you. Yeah. Uh, so we had a little bit more free time, but we were working seven days a week and it's scary. It's scary when you leave your job that you're secure at. And I stayed with my company and just did this on, on the side for a long time. Um, and then I left my company when we felt like it was a good time to yeah. leave, but you don't, you don't pay yourself much, you right. know, you're on a beer budget, right. you know, for a long time. And, um, but you do it because you love it and it's 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 super scary yeah. it's very it's you know it's still scary at times you're like oh man <laughs> yeah. but you know it's it, there's something to be said about working for yourself and creating something just a, kind of a sense of pride that is not that's unlike anything else yeah um and it's definitely changed me and my husband for the better kind of made us grow and mature a little bit faster, I think, because you have to. And working with a spouse, luckily, <laughs> me and my husband work well together. Um, we joke all the time that like, you don't know it till you're in it. Right. But we could be divorced by now, you know, because yeah. I mean, a, lot of a lot of families go into business together and it's not a good outcome because you're working so close together. Um, I think me and my husband created a lot of boundaries and he had, the operation side and I was doing the marketing and sales side and we kind of stayed in our own lanes and um, I respected each other's opinion and that was really important. Huge. Yeah. Huge, I bet. Yes. One more business question. Sure. Why no label? <laughs> Why the name? Yeah. Um, you know, this is kind of, this is the question we get probably the most because um, it's it's kind of a silly the way we came up with it. My, my husband was always peeling labels off of um, bottles. And, you know, he was home brewing and kind of looking at bottles and he was like, oh, no label. That's kind of cool. And, um, you know, obviously we have to have a label on our, right. our packaging. But at the time we were talking about it and when we started, it was his parents and us. And we're all very different people. His um, mom used to work in a hospital and she has a lot of not like she's very intelligent and um was was able to bring a lot to the table his his dad was doing a lot of our accounting work for us and um 
also very intelligent um, geologist actually and then you know Brian brought the more the um, operational he liked to work with his hands and I was bringing the sales and plus we were all just different people and we felt like us all coming together um, and creating a beer um, for everybody to enjoy hmm. and and so the the, the no the name no label kind of stuck hmm. and um, and we were you know we had gone back and forth about our last name but for some reason people can't say our last name all the time and so we were like well we can't think of anything better let's go so we went we went with no label yeah, yeah so now I'm super self-conscious did I pronounce your last no, name no you did correct? you actually did you you said it right awesome awesome <laughs> they want to add an A to it yeah. or you know it's, yeah yeah you know, I love the idea of no label, and that, that is a, a quirky story, but, you know, I've been here, and I think it translates. Yes. I think the way that you have built community here, that anybody can come and be welcome, uh, it's a beautiful thing, and yeah. so that brand has sort of permeated that, and I think it really contributes to the atmosphere. Speaking of community, you guys do so much. Um, for the community every other week it seems like there's a fundraiser yeah. here I know that's good for business but you don't have to do that stuff so why did you guys make that a priority beyond the business side um, I think that um, when we started um, you know we, we we weren't getting approached with with um, nonprofits at the beginning I, it started a few years in but um, after having kids I think Wanting to show our kids that, you know, I always explain to them the, the groups that are coming in and why they're doing what they're doing. And mm. I think it's important for our children to understand that giving is very important yeah. and, um, and that it's not all about what you have and what you need, but other people need things um, or other people are struggling with things. And so I think that that maybe has been kind of a... A, a teaching lesson but at the same time I'm me and my husband are very um, generous people we're just by nature we just we just like to give I um, and I've met some incredible people while I've done it and have created relationships with these people and we continue to do these events and it just kind of has grown from there and I think um, I love working with these groups because they're very passionate about what they're doing and they're raising money for a purpose and not just for profit not that there's anything wrong with that, but there's um, there's a different um, um, a level of dedication I think maybe that comes with it that I just kind of gravitate gravitated towards and that's just I, I I don't think I even realized that it was it was becoming a place like that yeah. until recently and. Um, and I were, I'm proud that we are one of those places. So yeah. yeah, yeah, you guys are definitely known for it. And you know, I've been here for several fundraisers. Um, the first time I ever came here was for a fundraiser, yeah. so it is good for business. Yeah. Uh, but on behalf of the whole community, just thank you for that. It's a, it's a big deal. And and as I said, not everybody does that you don't have to do that so right. to make that a priority is a beautiful thing yeah. so I've got one more question for you and sure. I'm so interested in this question uh, ask everybody this question but from your vantage point as business owners but also community leaders and just as a family that calls the area home how would you define Katie what makes it special um, I, I, I think that would go back to um, just when talk about giving, um, I think when I think of Katie, I think of giving because 
Um, you know, Harvey was a perfect example, but people here truly care about every, you know, the whole community and you can, you can get that from, from this. My husband grew up here um, and I, I did not, but when I moved here, I just felt like it was, it was home, you know, automatically. We've met some amazing people here and we've worked with some amazing businesses and nonprofits. And when we did, um, we decided to do a, a drive here after Harvey, like that week. And it was, I think that was when it really opened my eyes of, of the community in Katy because it was almost like we had to start telling people to stop. Like yeah. we didn't know, we couldn't figure out a place to put everything. Yep. Um, and it's just, people are just wanting to give here and wanting to, um, be nice to people and I think that that's an important quality to have and um, you know I just it, it it's always felt like home to me and well I mean we'll we'll retire here for sure <laughs> yeah I yeah. love it Jennifer thank you for all you guys do for the Katy area and thanks for taking some time today to talk yeah thank you very much for having me Hey guys, thanks for listening. The Katie Podcast is brought to you by The 25 Group, a Katie-based nonprofit serving our community. Find out more at the25group.org and join with us as we seek to help those in need. Hey, thanks also to Chris Verner for his expertise with music and editing. And thanks to you for listening. Please spread the word, connect with us on our Facebook page, and subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Titus, and you've been listening to the story of Katie, Texas. This is the Katie Podcast. Mm-hmm.